Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is a $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave me a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead, recommend it, and share it. Okay, so I'm trying out a new mic, and that is beer, uh, because the world's ending anyways. <laughs> Friend said that, and I was like, because uh, I was debating on whether I should drink beer tonight or not. I need to work tomorrow, but should I just crack open a beer? And Friend said, you know, world's ending anyways, so might as well. All right, so welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is episode 30. Uh, titled Chrome Nation. Now, Chrome Nation is a song from Wayne Static, who died recently, passed away recently, is a better way of saying it. And um, this is off of his uh, solo album. He used to be the guitarist and frontman, uh, I guess frontman is a, is a job position uh, for a band, uh, frontman vocalist for Static X. And he had a solo album, which I enjoyed, um, called Pig Hammer in 2011. And it was called, and there's a song called Chrome Nation. And as soon as I saw that title, while I was looking through uh, songs to put, uh, to use in the podcast, I decided that this, I'm saving this for this topic. Now, the topic for today is talking about browsers and the general usage of uh, uh, the internet world. Okay? Alright. Now, um, let me know if this sounds any better than before. Um, well, I guess I'm going to be hearing it again while I am editing, but still, just want to hear your thoughts because the last one that I recorded, I didn't enjoy it that much. I didn't like how it sounded. So I might have to buy a different mic. I don't know. I've, I've bought a few mics. And I usually use lapel mics, lapel, lapel mics, lapel. I don't hear people saying it, you know? Oh, you're right. Let me, oh, fuck, I can't check. Where's my dashboard? Oh, well, anyways, lapel. I think it's lapel, isn't it? Lapel, lapel, no. What? Yeah. L-A-P-E-L. <laughs> yeah, so I usually use those because it, um, it feels like I'm uh, more free to move, you know? So, anyways. Uh, I might have to actually get a mic on, like, those stands. I don't know. All right, so uh, we are going to talk about, because it's Chrome Nation, Chrome Nation is pretty um, self-explanatory, right? It's going to be talking about browsers, and the number one browser in the world in the, at the moment is fucking Chrome. All right, now, as you can tell from that one word, you can sort of tell that I am not a big fan of Chrome. I used to. I used to really like Chrome, um, and I told my parents to use Chrome, uh, and they did. They finally switched from Internet Bucket Explorer to Chrome, but um, it's become sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's become a little weird for me, and I'll, I'll explain. I'll, we'll go through everything, and I'll, I use Firefox and Brave and Safari at times, but that's about it. I don't use Chrome. I, I avoid Chrome 
you know, if I have to. And, and Brave uh, provides pretty much the same experience as Chrome because it's also built off of Chromium. So we'll get into that as well. Okay. Now, uh, you know, cracking open a beer is not exactly um, a good idea, especially, especially when I'm like talking nonstop for uh, such a long time. But wait a minute. Yeah, but anyways. All right. Um, so uh, we're going to start with uh, stats. All right. Stats. And what stats. All right. So let's see. Um, all right. Now I have a few links that you can use and go check the stats all around the world. I'm going to start with. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the most important one last. All right. So I'll start with. An easy, simple one, uh, which is the w3counter.com. And if you go there, uh, you will see it has like monthly breakdowns of the, uh, what is it, screen sizes and the browser market shares. So the top, top 10 web browsers and the top 10 platforms and the top 10 screen resolutions. Now, for the browsers, I'm sure, unsurprisingly, it is Chrome. Now, uh, in the top 10 browsers, it actually breaks it down into um, versions. And in terms of versions, um, number one is Chrome 79, so that's like the version. And then Chrome 80, uh, and then number three is Safari 13, which I'm assuming is the most recent version of Safari. It's raining now, huh? And number four is Internet Explorer 11, which is at 3.4%, but still for standalone version of a browser, I guess that's number four. And number six is Internet Explorer 18, which I'm assuming is Edge. So, and number eight is Samsung 10, surprisingly. Well, not actually, because it's the phone, right? So, people use that. Yeah, some people, I guess. And, and if you take all the Chromes and put them together, you get up to 60%, 58. And then next is Safari, which is 13. And then fucking Internet Explorer and Edge is 13 fucking percent. So, people keep... Dissing IE 11 can fuck off seriously because it's it's being used like what else are you gonna do about it? You know, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to more on that in a minute Next is Firefox with 5.4 and then Opera at oh, less than 3% so good for them now Internet Explorer Edge there's a new version of Edge that actually works on Macs What? It works on Macs, and there's also um, Edge for the iPad, which I thought was hilarious, but it looks fine. It works fine. It works exactly like you would think a browser works because it is actually based off of the Chromium project. What? Yeah. See, the thing is, Chromium is Chromium. Um, uh, what is it? Chromium project. All right, so yeah, Chromium is 
the, the, the open source software project from Google and it can be packaged into a web browser. Alright, so a lot of browsers use this and I think I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, I don't know, I might have, I don't know, but the major ones are Brave, uh, Edge now, this year has gone Chromium, um, Samsung Android phone default browsers are Chromium and there's also Vivaldi, uh, the Yandex browser, I'll get, I'll get into that in a minute, oh not a minute, but later. And I think uh, another one that could be well-known, uh, Opera, and Blisk. Yeah, so a lot of the, mo so you got some major ones, and then you have some, uh, like, device-specific ones, like Amazon Silk. I'm assuming that works only for Amazon Fire or whatever the fuck, you know? So, some stuff like that. That is what, uh, Komodo Dragon also, yeah, so, um... Chromium is pretty much how uh, most browsers are based on. Uh, not how. Chromium is what most browsers are based on. So um, it's all pretty much the same thing. But Chrome is the final product that was that is built by Google and that is uh, what most people use. And I use Brave just so I can get a very similar uh, experience from Chrome so I can check my websites uh, uh, technically not on Chrome but still the same thing. Um, I can also do that for Edge now because Edge is on Chrome now, uh, Chromium now, which is surprising. Yeah. All right. So those are the stats: Chrome, Safari, Internet Explorer, and then Firefox. Yeah. So a lot of Safari is based off of um, uh, the phone, you know. So. All right. Next, some really surprising. Uh, results. Alright, now, oh, you know what, I think I should go over this before I go into that. So remember how I said Safari 13 is most likely the, uh, you know, Safari, uh, it's most likely the iOS 13 Safari, most likely. And the 8.4% is pretty much the same as the top 10 platforms. Number 4 is iOS 13, 8.3. So, yeah. It's it's pretty simple. It's pr pretty much going to be that I think, and that's just another thing. So Windows, Android, and then Internet, uh, iOS, pretty much. So yeah, four platforms. So the top ten screen resolutions is very interesting because uh, number one is ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. Do you know that screen size? Do you remember that screen size? That size is the size of the WordPress theme. Uh, screenshot, WordPress theme screenshot, and it's it's a very 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 old screen size. It's like um, when we had 15 inch monitors, you know, the really rectangular, not rectangular, uh, the really square-ish looking 15 inch monitors. Yeah, that's 1024 by 768, and that is actually 18 percent, 18 percent for. Uh, um, on W3 counter, which is not the same as um, the other stuff that I see, but it is a very interesting size because um, not only does it show that a lot of uh, old computers are still in use and a lot of areas where um, technology has not advanced as much, they might be still using those kind of computers. 
and also a lot of the iPad well all the iPads are pretty much that size technically not technically uh, in, in theory so I don't know if it'll count all the way up to 18% but that is a very interesting number um, we go down to 640 by 360 those are phone sizes and then we have a 1366 by 768 which is also seem which also seems like a tablet size uh, slightly wider tablet like Samsung tablets which is interesting you know um, and we also have 1920 by 1080 which is full HD we'll get more into screen resolutions in a minute uh, but that's what we have for W3 counter and I think um, I think it's worth checking as people who build websites and um, we need to we need to always be uh, cognizant of what kind of uh, browsers and resolutions that we need to deal with you know so yeah all right next we have netmarketshare.com that is I need to find it where is it I opened everything it's way too much stuff okay here it is okay all right, netmarketshare.com has some really interesting stuff, I think. I think it's interesting. All right. So what it has now, now I, I have all the links here, and I can share it with you. I'll, I'll give you all the links so you can go check it for yourself and just look at the numbers, look at how things work, you know, like, what you know, like, ah, uh, because... It's, it's really important to understand these numbers, you know, because um, on desktop and laptop. Now, desktop, laptop browsers are different from mobile browsers. So it's, yeah, all right? So now, if you think about now, what it says here, number one is, of course, fucking Chrome, which is why the title is Chrome Nation for this podcast. It's at 68%, all right? Which is significant, almost a almost a little over a third, right? Yeah. Uh, number two is Firefox on the desktop. Now, Firefox seems to have sort of lost the war on the in the mobile space because it is not included as a default for any device. You know, so it's really hard for Firefox to fight it. But Firefox does have a lot of history, and ever since Chrome started around that time. Firefox has always been there, and even a long time ago, people used Firefox. And Firefox has had um, add-ons before Internet Explorer did, or whatever Edge or whatever else, whatever did. They 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 sort of, and it's open source, so free. So Firefox does have some history, of course, and I and I use Firefox as well, so I'm part of that. But it has its major following and. It's not enough to offset Chrome, but still it is something that people do actively care about. And it has its own um, prefixes that you need to write when you're writing code, you know, like when you're writing CSS. So yeah, Firefox is important. Um, Firefox is at 8.6, 8. Uh, if you round up, 8.7, right? On desktop, Internet Explorer is number three still at 7.1 seriously you know and then edge is six percent so those are formidable numbers you know so dumbasses out there who are like badass developers who are like oh i don't develop for internet explorer like fuck off you dumbass 
that's not how that works. You know, you're not the one making those decisions. The clients or the users are, and unfortunately, we have to cater for that. You know, I've sort of tried to sort of slowly move away from it because of some regional stats like uh, North America and Australian numbers. Um, it is it is slowly going down. Internet Explorer is slowly slowly going down. But like I said, worldwide it is still being used. Who gives a shit if Microsoft says they're not supporting it anymore? If people are using it, that's all that matters at the moment. So um, not much we can do about that. So Internet Explorer and Edge are still being used. And another thing is most likely because they are the default browser uh, for Windows, you know. And that's another reason why I think Safari has a 3.6% Safari browser um, on the desktop is, you know, used quite a bit. Also for iPhones, you know. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Safari. I used to use it, but, uh, well. Um, now, that's just for desktop. Oh, sorry, yeah, this is for desktop, so it shouldn't include anything about iPhone, right? Sorry about that. Um, but if we go into... Wait a minute. Yeah, if we go into mobile, right? If we go into mobile, uh, the interesting thing is that Safari is really high here at 27%, whereas Chrome is 63 and the rest are just, just non-existent. Firefox is at 0 0.08. So sad. So sad. It's, even, it's not even a tenth. Oh, it is a tenth. Yeah, it's a tenth. So sad. But that's the thing. Like, people use their default browsers. And that is, you know, something you might have to think about. So why do I keep saying default browsers and why is that important? Why do you have to think about that? Not only is it important for the users, like if you if you launch a website and it's a website for, I don't know, a bunch of old people, then yeah, most likely you are going to have to uh, make sure that it works on Internet Explorer, you know? And depending on the website, for example, it's also for old people, a lot of old people, because Sometimes smartphones are the first and only computer that they own, the first computer that they've actually used to log on to the internet for a lot of old people. So mobile Chrome and mobile Safari, it's very important, you know? So you really need to think about the audience. And even if you're acting like a badass, of course, quite misled badass, but if even if you're acting like a badass and saying Internet Explorer is not important, if your uh, client's user base seems to have it or actively use it, there's no way out of it. You're going to have to do it, you know? So, uh, yeah, those are things that you need to think about. And, of course, also, depending on where you are, um, some areas are very Chrome-specific. Some areas are actually quite uh, Safari-centric. Those are words. <laughs> yeah, so things that you need to think about and things that should be important, right? All right, let's go on to some more stuff, all right? Um, GS stat counter is another really, really important uh, stat website, you know? And they have a lot of screen resolution stats. They have a lot of stats. Now, 
Of course, I think um, you should check this all out yourself. I'll just go over some major bullet points just so it's easy for you to uh, digest, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah. And just so, even if you check out the website, go come to almostinevitable.com, find this post, and if you click on the link and go to GS Counter, Stack Counter, you can just sort of look around, click on stuff, and if you find the right one that I'm talking about, then you can sort of understand while you go along with me. Um, 1366 by 768, like I said, could be tablets, but a lot of laptops, small laptops, use that size as well. Um, also, 1440 by 900 is also laptop size. 1280 by 720 is also laptop size. 1280 by 800 is laptop size. Uh, 1280 by 1024 is laptop size. Uh, maybe that could be a 17-inch screen. Yeah. Uh, the, t the three most important numbers are uh, 1366, 1920, and 1440. All right, so pretty much 1400 pixels wide and 1900 pixels wide are the pixel sizes that you need to think about for desktops. And you need to go a little smaller than that. Like if you have a 19 by 1920 by 1080 uh, screen, like a 20, between 20 and 24 inch, 25 inch screens, 24 inch screens, those screens are usually full HD, which means 1920 by 1080. And uh, laptops are around 1400. So 1440 or 1366, 1600, those kind of numbers. And laptops and desktops, you know, like uh, large screens, a lot of people, I don't think, and you know, it's gonna. We're gonna have to test it out. If if you find any stats on the actual, uh, the browser width while they're um, uh, browsing, that is actually that should probably be a different uh, stat by itself. But if you use a nineteen twenty by ten eighty screen, chances are your browser is not gonna be at full screen. You will probably have lots of other things open. So you might not have it full screen, most likely. Like if you're like my parents and you leave everything full screen, maybe. But a lot of people, if they have a lot of stuff that they're doing at the office, they won't have to, they, they're most likely not doing that. So that's something that you need to think about. So it has to be a little smaller than that, right? Now I've seen a lot of web developers, uh, I don't know if I should call them web developers because they call themselves designers and then um, they can't put anything together or design anything properly. So I don't know what they're supposed to be. Web people, web enthusiasts. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I got into an argument, not argument, but a very frustrating conversation with some dumbass about screens and how, I don't know, whatever. But anyways, it's going to be a little smaller. So... Make sure, because a lot of people use large, uh, a lot of web developers use large uh, screens to work on, it's not always going to look the way, well, this, the users are not going to always see what you're, uh, uh, what you want them to see, because they don't, even if you make it look great at 1920, they might not see it at 1920. They might see it at 1600 because they want like 400 extra pixels on the side so they can drag and drop stuff to the browser, you know? So it's going to be a little smaller than that. So always aim for a little smaller than the screen sizes that you see here in the stats.
right? Cool. Uh, let's see, what else is there? Desktop versus mobile is another interesting thing that everybody keeps talking about. Everybody keeps saying mobile first, mobile first, which is great. 51% of the world is on mobile and 45% is on desktop and people, 2.6% use iPads. I love my iPad. Yeah, unrelated, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so mobile sort of eat a victory over desktop around like it, it wasn't neck and neck, but then it's it definitely took the, took the lead around May and June of last year. So back when times were good. <laughs> yeah. Um, mobile and so yeah, mobile is a little over 50. Desktop is a little less than 50. And the rest is just tablets here and there. Um, this is also a thing that you need to think about. Although it says mobile, mobile is the most widely used screens, uh, widely used device, which is undeniable, undeniable. You do need to look at your website stats because, for example, my website, almostinevitable.com, provides tutorials and courses uh, on how to use Divi, how to write CSS, uh, that kind of stuff, right? So most likely, most of the time, it is people who are developing or designing or putting together websites that need help or tips, and they come to my website, they get their tips, and they go do their stuff. Which means you're not gonna be coming to my website on mobile. No siree, you know? So the stats, the Google Analytics that I have is like 80-something percent desktop. That is very fucking different from the world stats, you know? Because uh, it's a very specific niche. I my website serves a very specific niche, so it's not gonna it's not gonna it doesn't reflect uh, the st statistics of the rest of the world. You know, so you need to think about that too, right? So if it works, it has to look. For, so first of all, it has to look impeccable on desktop. Mobile is important for me, but if it were a client. And they were like getting really picky about it. I would want to tell them to shut the fuck up because it is not that important. Although my, you know, standards do accommodate for everything on mobile. Still, if it's about how things stack or if something is a little disproportionate to the rest of the site, it's not that important, you know, uh, because 80%. 80 plus percent of my users are on desktop, you know? So those are things that you need to think about. And it's not just your own, not just the world stats, it's also the client stats or the website that you're building stats, you know? All right, let's go to um, something else. Search engines now, all right, fucking search engines. Okay, now this is, um. This is very interesting because search engines are now a part 
of the browser, pretty much. Because ever since Chrome has had that, uh, what is it? Multi, what is it called? That, that place, that, that box where it has, where you input both the search fields, search, search terms, and it shows the address. Multibar, I don't know. I forgot. It's, it was a thing a while ago, a long time ago when, you know, we didn't have that, but now everything, all the browsers have it. So I, I forgot the name of the term, you know, but let's think about this here on this website on GS stat counter, uh, Google is 92%. Wow. Bing is 2.4. Yahoo is 1.6. What? That makes no sense because Bing and Yahoo are the same thing, but it's the website that provides it, not the search engine. Bing is a search engine. And that's a lot of rain out there. Hmm. And then we have 1.5% Baidu, which is the Chinese Google. And I think that there that should be higher, but I'll get to that later. Uh, Yandex is the Russian Google. And Sogu is 0.4%. Yandex is 0.5. Sogu is 0.4%. That is... Uh, the Chinese Bing, <laughs> number two in China. So Baidu and Sogu is Chinese, are Chinese. Okay, now, um, you can divide these segments up by desktop and mobile and all that kind of stuff. Um, on desktop, Bing is slightly higher than it used to be. Google is, comes down to 87. Bing goes up to 5.6 because... Because, and I'm pretty sure, because um, Internet Explorer and Edge defaults to Bing. Okay? Like I keep saying this, the default settings are the most important. Because not many people change the default settings. Which is not surprising, but also very um, sad. It's not about choice. It's about what is just there you know yeah all right so let's look at some stats for the u.s because if we do the u.s i am 100 percent sure baidu and sogu will be fucking gone <laughs> yeah all right let's look at the u.s all right uh in the u.s of course baidu is not there um google is 80 percent bing is fucking 12 and yahoo is five that means 17 percent of all those search go through google and my personal favorite, represent DuckDuckGo is 1.4%. Of course, Baidu is not there anymore. Yeah, on desktop in the States. Why is Bing and Yahoo so high? Well, not Yahoo, but why is Bing so high? Because, remember? Yeah, Internet Explorer and Edge. So, there you go. Um, let's look at Australia. I want to see Australia. Huh. Google is 90%, Bing is 7.5. Still, yeah, less than 1% of Australians use DuckDuckGo. They should use it more. Google has a very strong monopoly on um, Australia. Oh, well. So, those are things that... Oh, yeah. I, um, this week, I this podcast is published so late because I was debating 
and thinking way too much about what to talk about in this episode because this is not a WooCommerce episode. The next WooCommerce episode, I'm going to talk about a very specific function and it's something that will take care of a lot of client needs. But um, right now, I, need, I was thinking about, the, I had a lot of different things to, write, uh, to talk about. One of them, I'm planning one of them about um, SEO and um, I'm also planning some stuff on um, going mobile devices and you know like using different devices and using the cloud. There's a lot of other topics that I have that I am putting together, but a friend said I should try this, so I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, I'm, I also have like um, a social social share uh, episode um, that I got inspired from an email inquiry from a friend. So yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, listener, friend, I don't know, friend. Okay, so let's go to other stuff now. All right, now a little bit, I'll, I'll just explain just a little bit about what's going on with Bing. We'll talk about Google. We'll talk about Google uh, later in the SEO episode. Now about Google, I'm pretty sure, ah, oh, man. All right, so before we go into Bing, I'll talk a little bit about Google and why my approach always to like Google, Facebook, and actually if you think about it, Bing should be, but Bing is such an underdog that I don't care about it much. But you know how whenever like Facebook and Google come up, I just hate them? Um, I'll talk about this more later in some other episode, but basically... The, the short version is I don't like that they need to track people so much. It's because they want to better their services to their clients, not to us. We They're using us as the product, or not product, as the, as the user, or yeah, I guess. They're selling their clients' products to us, and in order to sell it better, they are taking our privacy and tracking us to do that better. Um, and I just don't like that. Of course, I understand it, and it is how business works. I can talk about this in a slightly more <laughs> philosophical way, but uh, that's basically the crux of my distaste for Facebook and Google. And I am going to be talking more about this later in some future episodes, because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about, you know? So, yeah. Uh, not just the design industry. We're going way beyond just design stuff. And I'll, I'll, I'll get back to more design stuff and, and things. But, you know, they're, they're, like when I start, when I start expanding on um, topics and episodes, there are a lot of things that um, come up, you know? All right, now. Um, so, on Wikipedia, this is about Bing. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think you care about care enough about Bing to click on the link, so I won't add that link to the the, pot, the post. But Bing is a third largest search engine. Now, remember how I said from the GS stats, uh, they I found we found that Baidu was only one point four percent, and I said I think that's a little too uh, small. And yeah, so here it says in, in, in Wikipedia, it says like netmarketshare.com says that um, world, global uh, search engine-wise, um, Bing is number three behind Google at 77%, and Baidu 
at 14.4. So because Baidu is fucking all of China is using Baidu. Alright, now it's such a thing in China to block pretty much most or all of the American not just America, I guess I guess like the Western uh, internet services like Google Fonts, uh, Google API, uh, CDN links like jQuery sometimes, um, some JavaScript libraries are on Google APIs, and all that kind of stuff, that's all blocked. Dropbox is blocked. So you can't add a Dropbox link or a Google uh, Drive link to websites if it's going to be seen in China. If the website has any inclination of being seen in China, you can't use anything from Google, you can't use anything from Facebook, you can't use anything from not just Dropbox, but yeah, there's a lot of things you can't use. So, suffice to say, all of China uses Baidu or Sogu. So, there you go. That's quite a bit of, uh, quite, quite the numbers. Um, anyways, let's see. Uh, so, Bing actually powers Yahoo, and it powers, of course, MSN and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it is the default search engine on Edge, even to the point that when I installed my Edge on my Mac, it defaulted to Bing. I was like, what the fuck? Stop. No, I'm not using you. You know, and uh, on the Wikipedia page, the only thing that I really <laughs> found, are the two things that I found um, interesting that you might have, you, you might enjoy knowing as a little uh, snippet is that uh, one thing is uh, Colbert, Stephen Colbert in um, 2010 said because Microsoft said that they would donate two and a half grand to help clean up the Gulf oil spill every time Stephen Colbert mentioned the word Bing on air. So uh, Colbert said stuff like Bing Crosby, Bing Cherries. <laughs> In the end, he said 40 times and got a total donation of $100,000. So that's interesting. Uh, and the, there, you know, it also says that Colbert poked fun at their rivalry with Google saying, Bing is a great website for doing internet searches. I know that because I Googled it. That's exactly how Colbert de de delivers his jokes. You know, I know that because I Googled it. It sounds totally like Colbert. But yeah, so... Uh, that's, that's, yeah, Bing, <laughs> that was funny when I was doing the research for this. Um, now, on Reddit, because you know I'm on Reddit a lot, because um, Reddit's, I think, funnier than Facebook, and people on Facebook are just, there's a lot of crazy people on Facebook, well, there's crazy people on all websites, but, um, yeah, Reddit is more anonymous, and it's, funnier because people just want fake internet points so they try to make funny jokes uh, so the thing is it's sort of common knowledge throughout the internet not throughout the internet I guess throughout reddit that Bing sort of shows you more adult content in the search results and of course um, it's, you know, Bing is not blocked in China, maybe? Maybe, yeah, that's interesting, I don't know. Because it says,
Bing censors results for adult search terms for some regions, including India, uh, China, Germany, and Germany, Germany, and Arab countries, which, re which were required by local law. Of course, though, um, Bing does show way more than Google does, and that's sort of the general consensus on Reddit. And of course, I had to check it out myself. No, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but um, it, it's widely just accepted that Bing shows you more adult content, and for some reason, from some reason, like there's less filtering. And um, yeah, so when people ask like, oh, this whatever model's name, well, where do I find like photos of her that are more revealing or stuff like that? And then people just reply, Bing, go on Bing. Like what? All right. Have I tried it? Yes. <laughs> but do I use it regularly? No, hell no. I use DuckDuckGo. You might, you might not, you might have known that. Right, because I use DuckDuckGo. Um, now, DuckDuckGo is a little different. Why are we Why are we getting into this? Well, um, this all just goes into yeah more stuff. I you know what I I can't believe that whenever I talk about something, I don't know if it's because I have so many things that I want to mention concerning this topic, but I just go into so much time. It's already forty minutes. I only got ten minutes left to do the news and articles, and I got so much more stuff that I have on my pages that I want to talk about because I pull up all like I have like 30 tabs I don't have to go through everything but I just have them there so just so I can go through my my general idea of script but yeah I just wanted to go through DuckDuckGo it's very simple um, DuckDuckGo doesn't track you it's not interested in tracking you it is it does show you ads but it shows you general ads and not targeted ads and the best thing that I think DuckDuckGo does, now the difference between DuckDuckGo and Google or Bing or whatever uh, is that it has, it does have its bots, but it's not as um, crawling, bots trawling through, trawling, 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 crawling <laughs> through the internet uh, to get all the stuff. What it does is it goes through a lot of large um, search results or websites and get the results back just to get you an aggregated, res uh, the best results, pretty much. Now, when you're DuckDuckGoing, a lot of times it gives you the answer that you need and you're done. There's almost no reason to go off of DuckDuckGo. And I'm, I've been using DuckDuckGo ever since it came out um, what, 10 years ago or something, not, maybe not for 10 years, but like five, six years at least, I've been using it for quite a long time, and I've been very happy with it, you know, like, it, it gives me the results I need. Sometimes, if I need a little bit, if I need to write the query in a little more of a very specific thing that I'm looking for, uh, and I just have to write a sentence, like a question, then sometimes I go to Google. And in order to go to Google without actually going to Google and just getting the results without actually having Google track your uh, uh, what is it account, is to use a bang. Now, when you're on DuckDuckGo, all you need to do is just say, for example, WordPress PHP loop, and you 
press enter on DuckDuckGo and it'll do it. Now, all my browsers are set to search in DuckDuckGo, so it's fine. What you can do also is you can say WordPress PHP loop and then put an exclamation point G anywhere in that query, exclamation point G, and it will automatically put those search queries through Google and show you the Google results. So you can start off Google. You can do that with uh, exclamation point W if you want to go to Wikipedia, exclamation point GN for Google News, for example, you know, exclamation YT for YouTube. You, so it's basically, if you know a few bangs, you don't have to go to a website to search it. You can just search it directly through the browser, uh, the Omni box or whatever it is, and you just go directly to the results. Uh, exclamation point IMDB puts the search through IMDB, so you don't have to go to imdb.com, click on the search, and then type it. Just type it uh, and just put it through DuckDuckGo with a bang and you just get it, you know? So I, I use it a lot and it looks like magic if someone's sitting next to you and they don't know what's going on. They're like, how did you do that? But it's, it's really cool. It's worth looking into. Uh, it doesn't have uh, a lot of um, market share, but that's because Google is so large. You know, yeah. All right. Now, I've already talked about the Chromium browser um, and how important, how, how, how it's an open source and stuff. Now, even though Chromium browser is open source and all the, a lot of the browsers are based off of that, a really interesting thing is it's still, Chrome is still the main thing. Right? Even though we have like Brave or Opera, it's still Chrome, you know? So the thing that is really important is that Google use, can use Chrome to leverage their uh, reach and their power in how uh, people and in what people see on the internet. What I mean by that is it controls how much of the um, ads that they can allow or not allow or s stop ad blocks from blocking. And it's sort of disconcerting to say the least, you know? So for example, for example, and I'll have the links on the, on the, what is it? The, the blog post, the, the post for this podcast. Um, for example, now, where'd it go? It's, was it on Wired? It's on Wired. Yeah. For example, uh, the end, December 6th last year uh, from Wired uh, says, Google says it isn't killing ad blockers. Ad blockers disagree. Now, the reason why this title is like that is because Google is saying that they've proposed something, and it's now coming into effect uh, this year, but they are trying to change how the ad blockers work, and they're trying to, from the ad blockers' perspective, limit the blocking capabilities of the ad blockers. All right? Now, why is that important? Because ad blockers, when they block things, it's not just blocking, it's not just hiding the ads, it also stops a lot of the tracking scripts, 
a lot of targeted marketing and it just it clears up the internet for you a lot so it's a lot of people prefer that and it also um, is a thing of privacy all right so not that I'm searching porn all the time but <laughs> because I mentioned Bing now you're gonna think that's what I do it's not I I'm on Stack Overflow I don't reply but I just need to learn on Stack Overflow a lot so fuck off man come on uh, anyway so oh yeah with my beer I have pork rinds pork crackle as they're called here pork rinds so it's not important, but I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that after I'm done with this recording. I'm all, I'm already at 48 minutes recording. This might end up being a long episode. I thought it would be just like 40 minutes and I'd be done and I'd just go back to drinking, but guess not. Anyways, uh, where were we? Yeah, so Google is limiting their um, API counts from 30,000. Well. Um, what is it? Limiting extensions to, yeah, uh, uh, from 150,000 rules. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so it so what it what it does is it has there's an API that talks with Google or something, and they have a number of rules that they can use to block ads. But if you run out of that, of course, it's not going to be useful anymore and they're gonna have to replenish that I don't know how that works but simply put they're trying to hinder the ad blockers abilities to stop tracking and stop showing ads okay and the thing is people use Chrome right it's a Chrome nation I keep saying the name of the episode so it makes sense it's a Chrome nation so they use Chrome. If they had just stuck with Chromium, because it's the same thing, Chromium, and use stuff like Brave or Opera or Vivaldi, and added um, a plugin that allows them to do whatever they want, then they can block everything efficiently. Which is also another reason why I use Firefox, because I don't give a shit about those trackers, and I hate them. So, I don't know why, I just hate tracking. You know, it just not only does it feel weird, I think it's an invasion of privacy just because, but then again, it's their, it's how they make, it's how they make their money. That's how the business works. It's just a very weird thing. I just don't like it for starters. But anyways, Ghost3, Privacy Badger, and Ublock Origin. I used all three of them. And also, of course, Facebook, um, what is it, Facebook Fence? Container. Yeah, so... I use all of them. I block everything. And I'm, I'm on wired.com and just here, Ghostery is stopping 14, 14 scripts or trackers or whatever it is Ghostery is blocking. Uh, Privacy Badger is blocking 12. Ublock Origin is blocking 34. And uh, Facebook Messenger, Facebook container shows an uh, exclamation point. So it's blocking something. So Think about that, like there are so many things that not only hinder the experience of using the internet or uh, looking at websites, um, it's just, yeah, like we can come up with a better model sometime in the future, I'm sure, when this fight ends with ads dying and we'll find a new way of using ads, but for now, yeah, 
I, I just don't like it. So I don't, I block everything. And I'm fine with Firefox doing it and Brave doing it. I just don't like Google Chrome doing it. Uh, well, not Google Chrome trying to go around it, you know? And um, that's, uh, it's not, it's, it doesn't have like a, I don't have like a, I am breathing in air. I don't have like a, I don't know, a conclusion to this, but it's just, you know, just because we're talking about web development and the whole uh, internet scape that we're, that we are connected to in the world, you know, and Chrome is a very important player in, on the internet. And um, there's a lot of things that they try to strong arm into Chrome and all that. It's because they have a monopoly, well, close to a monopoly on not only the search, but also the browser, which is, which should be disconcerting to a lot of people. And I'll, I'll add a lot of the, I'll, I will add a lot of the articles in the post so you can check it out. But it's not as important as this next article that I am going to bring up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that later. All right. So. Um, yeah, just have a think, read around, and also, not only is it just something that we need to think about from, for Google and Chrome, but also you need to think about how uh, we build websites and to uh, accommodate for the client's main users. So if you need a conclusion, that's the best conclusion. Think about the client's users. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to take a, like, when I say break, it's going to be like, a sip of beer, but <laughs> let's go take a break and I will see you in news and articles. All right. Okay. News and articles. Now I only have two this time. Uh, I'm going to go through this one. Now, I was actually thinking of talking about this one article for quite a long time because it's, it's really important from what I've, what I've read. I love reading this one. And I think it's, if you're going to read one web development or design related uh, article this week, it should be this one. Now it came out, it was published last year around a year ago, about a year ago, yeah. Um, but it doesn't change anything because it is about talking, it's talking about uh, designer-client relationships and how, or things that you should think about when you are trying to keep a good relationship with your clients. And unsurprisingly, unfucking surprisingly these are almost almost all the points that this guy makes, I have at least once mentioned in my podcast. So seriously, things that I'm talking about on this podcast, it's really because I like, I see a lot of people in like the Facebook groups. Like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. I'm in for some reason, Astra. I don't know why I'm there, but I just see posts there and I just leave it there. But Astra, like WooCommerce, WordPress, Divi. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. I browse a lot of stuff. I just check. I probably look at like 
thousands of websites a week, well, web pages a week, you know, and I work at a design agency. We do really good work. Um, there are a lot of um, uncertainties in this current climate um, with the, I don't want to say this, but yeah, there, there, there are things happening in the world. Pandemic, come on. I don't want to say that word at all in this episode, but you know, there's a lot of things that are happening, a lot of uncertainties out there, but still, um, I work at a design agency that does really good work and we have really good client relationships and everything. I don't like them, but we, the, the agency itself has a good relationship. <laughs> um, so why am I talking about this? Because I want, I just want to say again, that what I'm saying, I really, it does come from experience and I really do know what I'm talking about. It might not, not everyone might agree with it, but the general consensus would agree with what I'm saying. Now, this article, I'll just go through some bullet points and just, you know, I really liked reading this. It was, it was not only enjoyable, it's, it had some illustrations in it. It's really cool. I really, really, really like this article. If someone, like I said, if, if someone has to read something about how to start off in design, like, you know, like, don't go to watch, like, you know, the future YouTube channel and watch Christo, who is, you know, at the top of his game. And him saying, like, oh, you need to charge, like, $10,000 for a logo. And like, yeah, you can charge that. But telling up-and-coming kids that they should charge not just for their time, but for the, the value that they think of themselves as, they're not Chris Doe. You can't do that, you know? And they're just, he's just making, he's just, I don't know. I like him, but I don't necessarily agree with what context he's presenting his stuff. Why is this all important? It's important because if you read this article, you'll see what I mean. You should not be an art artist. I keep saying that. I think artists are fucking stupid when you're in design. It is not about art. You are not here. You are not a designer to be snobby about what you create. Nobody cares. All right? The only person who should be caring about what you're doing is the client and they have the final say. Unfortunately, you being pissy about that is not helping at all. All right. So look at this. His, his points start off with support fewer customers. Yeah. Okay. So the, what, what he's saying is because um, a lot of designers, a lot of agencies are at a paycheck to paycheck base, they're just chasing after clients all the time, uh, calm the fuck down and just you know, get closer to the client and just get better relationships is what he's saying, all right? Uh, be of service, of course, work for, because we're working for the client. It's not design awards, it's not portfolios, and he says skip this shit. Like, it does help for some parts, but like he says, it's not the important thing. It's, you know, the clients. Now, um... This this really sort of sort of uh, stood out. Uh, this this bullet point was know your place, and uh, I'll just read just a small excerpt. It says, over the years, I've met a lot of designers. Most of them are decent people, and I enjoy them. Unfortunately, the vast majority of those I've met don't understand their role. They learn the craft, but fail to understand the practice. A great many of them believe they are craftspeople or artists. 
See, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not wrong. Like, uh, anyway, so that's, yeah. Don't be like that. Don't be an asshole. Um, manage expectations. Don't promise the world to them. Uh, I, I can't emphasize that enough, but yeah, some people do. And I see that happening quite often on the Facebook groups and stuff. I know why. Uh, identify the real problem, uh, get on their team. There's a lot, you gotta read this, all right? Practice humility, communicate, uh, suggest some, I'll get into some better points later. Uh, be personal, but don't take it personally. Own your mistakes and get paid. And show them what they paid for. Now, one thing that I think I mentioned, I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm mentioning all the time because like what, I'm on episode 30 and I've talked for over 30 hours. And what? This has gone over an hour already. This is the longest episode now. I thought it would be the shortest. Oh, well. So show them what, they're paid, what they paid for. I mean, like, when, you, when I write a quote or a proposal, I break it down quite detailed, you know? And I think that helps the client understand the, the amount of work that goes into it. And not just showing technical, not just putting in technical jargon, but just you know things that they don't necessarily think about but if you mention they're like oh yeah that's right i think i guess i suppose that'll be some work you know that'll take time that kind of stuff and it's it's the the next step like when you get back to them you're not coming back like if you do a logo you're not coming back with like just one fucking logo and like yeah yeah here it is you're 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 gonna use this logo for the rest of your brand haha <laughs> Don't don't do that kind of stuff, right? So like, just just present it better, um, and just talk about what kind of research you had to go through to get to this conclusion. All that kind of stuff that really helps, you know. So that kind of stuff. Thank them for keeping you in business, of course. You know, uh, there's one thing that I think that he mentioned here that I really want to talk about. Uh, not not for long because I'm all, already over an hour, but um, hmm, what was it? Oh yeah. Respect what came before, all right? When you, uh, it's, it's in this bullet point for get on their team, but respect what came before. Now, a lot of designers I've seen just trash, trash their established brand or trash what they've had before. And I think I've mentioned this. Uh, be very careful. Tread very lightly when you do that because they could have done it themselves. Uh, a niece or a nephew might have done it. Someone they know would have might have done it. You don't know, and most likely, if it's especially amateurish, then it could be definitely someone they know and not hired, right? And even if they hired it, someone had to have paid money and said okay to that design. And that person, unless that person was fired, that person is most likely the same fucking person that is talking to you right now. So if you say, like, who the fuck okayed this kind of shit logo? It could be like, I did it, motherfucker. And they can just walk out. Who knows, you know? So I, I, said, I think I've said that before. But, yeah, respect what came before. Now, you don't necessarily have to like, respect the designer who did that piece of shit. But, you know, at least tread lightly, you know? Um, and another thing is, if they have a really bad design aesthetic, chances are the person who is giving the final approval has a bad taste, 
not a bad, has bad taste in design. That that's most likely. That yeah, it's not just a one-way street, you know. So think about that. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go to another article because I've been talking about this for quite a while, and as much as I love this, I can't talk about this for the whole episode. So let's go into the next one. All right. So this one is on hbr.org, and it is HBR, guess what it is? Harvard Business Review. Look at that. It's really cool. It's very smart people writing things. Yeah, so it's about, it's about three people wrote this one. I think it's, a, I think it's an art uh, paper. And you know like how a lot of papers confirm what we thought? But you just need to put in the research to actually show that what you thought was right, you know? And this is one of them. What does the symmetry of your logo say about your brand? Yeah. Now, if I were to ask you that, a lot of people who are listening, because you have an eye for design, uh, you will say symmetric logos could be less exciting and show more stability. Whereas uh, uh, non-symmetric or asymmetric logos are trendy or daring or exciting. Right? Yeah. So this article um, is pretty much saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it does. Symmetrical logos um, versus asymmetrical logos. And... So the thing is, just have a read, but it put down a few examples on the, in the conclusion at the end. Like they have a Mountain Dew a logo, you know, the one with MTN Dew with the sharp edges and stuff. And the Shell logo, uh, the MTV logo, the Kleenex logo, right? Now, I agree with these guys. And they say the Mountain Dew logo is great because it is asymmetric and shows the young, exciting personality of the brand because Mountain Dew is like the gamer thing now, for some reason. Uh, and, I don't know why, but yeah. And, because that's not what Dew tastes like on Mountain. <laughs> and Shell is great. It's good as um, a, a symmetrical logo, because it should. It should show that it's not that exciting. It's not something that you go to Shell to be excited about. It's, it's fucking gas, you know? So, yeah. It's got to be stable, you know? MTV might be a little too symmetrical for considering how exciting it should be, you know? And Kleenex, it's asymmetrical, but, you know, it doesn't have to be because it's more of a soft approach to what you think. Kleenexes are soft, you know? So, yeah. So those things are something that I think you can think about, and I think you can actually use this paper as supporting evidence for your rebrand for the the client, if they have a if they want to go through a rebrand, uh, you might actually think about this and say, you know, we want to go in a more exciting direction, so we can try to make it a little bit more asymmetrical as opposed to what you have here. Or if you want to say, we want to give out a feeling of confidence to the uh, users, so let's go with a very symmetrical geometric looking logo and they're like oh but I don't like it but not they don't like it but they're like oh I'm not sure whether I should go with this or that and you can tell them like you know it's symmetrical logos uh, show more uh, uh, stability and trust and stuff you know you can use this right so 
Yeah. All right. So we're almost at 70 minutes. I can not necessarily go through resources. I will go to that uh, next week. And um, I think that's it for now, right? So um, hope this helped. Hope this makes sense. Makes made sense. I'm sorry. I'm not drunk. I, I didn't even finish one can. It's a good IPA though, 6.5%. But still, I didn't even finish this can. So I'm not drunk. I'm just I've just talked way too long. So hope this helped. Hope this made sense. And um, I will see you in a WooCommerce episode next week. Okay, that was a clap. Sorry. Bye-bye.